0: Welcome to the podcast Maneuver the Officially Unofficial Podcast for Picard on CBS. I'm Jim. I'm Lieutenant Commander Aaron. Oh shit, I'm Ensign Jim.
1: Oh boy. Yeah, I need a gray gray jumpsuit. Mm, it's a good thing I'm an What, what we we're in the wrong seat. You're the android. You should be sitting at Ops. Yeah, you're right. Oh well. I'm also the one who looks most like Will Wheaton. I absolutely, I, I mean they pr- they promoted Geordie right from Helmsman to Chief Engineer, so like who knows yeah. we'll see have to see that. season two. You might you might end up being admiral. I will get that fucking hat. I will jump up so high <laughs> like you've never seen you will get that hat. You'll snatch it. I will.
0: Uh, we're going to talk about season one episode one of Picard. We watched it. i've how many times have you seen this thing? because I've seen it a lot now.
1: I've seen it multiple times, I would say, as many as two. I've seen it as many as three. It was positronically cloned in my mind. So uh-huh. there's now two copies of it. i I threw i threw uh explosive acid at one uh but yeah i'm 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 ready to play okay cool
0: uh we're gonna do this as a full recap podcast um at least this episode who knows what will happen in the future maybe uh the the negaverse gym will will get some uh half-assed podcast going yeah we'll have to do
1: thematically rather than scene by scene
0: we'll see uh So what were your feelings on the return of Picard or the return of, you know, Captain Jean-Luc
1: Picard? Um, I am a very old school Star Trek fan. I mean, I'm only 43, so I guess I'm not that old school. But I my dad is a big fan of the old series um, and I liked the Star Trek movies. And I was very excited in, I think, fifth grade is when Star Trek The Next Generation came out. And I loved having a show about space uh, with cool ships and I got into the the novelizations and it made me into a giant Star Trek fan that kind of only died out halfway through Voyager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still watch all the Star Trek movies that come out yeah. um, and I at least give, uh, you know, I, I when Disco came out, I watched a couple episodes and confirmed that, yep, this is still not my Star Trek. Uh, so I was originally elated when I saw them wanting to come out with Star Trek Picard because Picard's my favorite captain. Mm -hmm. um, And Star Trek The Next Next Generation is my favorite era. And they were talking about having this be a return to, like, the Star Trek of yore, you know, with maybe some more focus on positivity, exploration. I, I don't know. And then when I got to more and more about it and I found out how much of the creative team is shared between Star Trek Disco and Picard, I got a little bit disenchanted and I thought, oh, this is going to be very action hero, you know, Star Trek. It's going to be very new Trek where it's all no. blowing and ex- explosions and lens flares. And, and uh... I was pleasantly, very pleasantly surprised at how good this first episode of Picard was. Remembrance. It's very nostalgia heavy, mm-hmm. made a, made my inner Trek fan smile a lot. I got a little choked up in a couple of a couple of scenes. Uh, I thought it was a very, very good way to launch this franchise. It's not it's not quite the return to Roddenberry optimism or even anything no. close to it. No. But it's probably what it needs to be to be an interesting and engaging Star Trek in 2020.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's changed because of how television has changed. You know, everybody's doing serialized stuff. You're not going to get this sort of adventure of the week um, with a loose uh, sort of connecting thread between a few of the episodes. You're going to get this very connected thing um, that's going to explore fewer themes. Like, that's the thing that struck me about the Next Generation and and the difference between that and the shows that came after, um, with the exception of maybe Voyager, you always had like a theme that you were exploring sure. every week, right? It was about like, oh, how hard is it to be a parent or what is it like to fall in love as a teenager or... Like, how do we deal with uh, the violation of our own principles? Things like that.
1: How do you judge the laws and customs of another alien culture?
0: Yeah, and it seems like they're going to have, you know, some pretty heady themes about, you know, artificial intelligence and what that means as far as, like, is this a life form? Should Mm -hmm. we give it the same rights? Um, What happens when it rebels and and tries to destroy us? Things like that. But you're not going to get the broadness that, like, the next generation had, which... To me, is what makes the next generation interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just it's just a side effect of how we tell stories now. Yeah, in, and I wonder if,
1: if they can, because like it's funny when you said that, like you know, you need to be this uh, episodic type of thing or serialized type of thing, and I was re- I was thinking about how much success The Witcher had, which was kind of like the x-files where you had like a monster of the week that gerald gerald was going around and and fighting and solving and decursing but there's also this narrative thread that was introduced in characters and it kind of it's kind of a um a blend of the two yeah uh very similar to kind of i guess the first season of justified which was kind uh-huh. of like gangster of the railing investigating the gangster of the I week did, but there's too. also episodes that had this continuity and i wondered if I don't know. I'd be interested. I don't know. How, I don't know how this first season of Picard is going to go. Right. Um, whether they have in mind like a two or three season arc with this investigation of this biological robots that Data was getting up to. Um, I don't know how it'll go, but like maybe that's something they could try too, because it seems like there's some shows that are trying to like bridge the best of those worlds where you know the best of both worlds mm-hmm. where you can have the episodic kind of like more free for, for form you know unstructured uh throw your characters in a bunch of new crazy um situations as well as build those character arcs and still have their very satisfying things that you can only do over the course of years and years of audience engagement I don't know if they could do it, but I'd like to see. I, I'd like to see them experiment with it.
0: Yeah, I would too. I mean, Star Trek: Next Generation. I've I've been rewatching old episodes of that lately, and mm-hmm. it's just hugely nostalgic. And it it has to do with. I'm just so glad that Next Generation came out in an era when that was possible, and that was actually kind of the the sort of rule of the day is like you do all of these very loosely connected episodes mm-hmm. because. And also, honestly, I'm glad it came out when it did because a I was a kid, and I felt like. A lot of these thematic explorations were very new to me, mm-hmm. things that I had only ever considered on a surface level, if at all. Um, also, you had 24-ish episodes a season back then, and I don't think the next generation withered under that pace. I think there are some, some bad parts of next generation. There are some slow uh, series of episodes, but for the most part, it was able to maintain... 24 episodes a season and tell some really strong stories and it had so many and so i just get more of it right like nowadays it would have been a 10 episode or shorter run per season we'd have like 30 episodes no we have like 150 episodes or something of star trek next generation it's right it's
1: great yeah i mean the, the nice thing about this format is like you know we talked a lot when we were covering Rick and Morty about how open-ended that series is, is you could tell any story that you want. You could tell a story out of Game of Thrones, you could tell a story out of Back to the Future, you could tell a story out of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, if you wanted to um star trek has a lot of that because with the holodeck with the ability to visit different planets with the ability to time travel you know if you want to have like some fan service episode where the crew is fucking around in a holodeck absolutely you can do that if you want to go back in time and explore alternate history you can do that if you want to see a planet where there's the the women are the dominant species and the men are just the are uh you know the the less than underclass you can do that yeah. And that's such a strength that it feels like Star Trek has largely abandoned in favor of whatever they've been doing for the last two decades. <laughs> uh, you know? And Action. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, maybe we should get into the episode.
0: Um, we've had our say on a lot of how this compares to the next generation, and I think it'll be interesting moving forward uh, to see how that goes.
1: Housekeeping. A little bit of housekeeping first, HBO comes out of the gate of the New Year strong with their crazy, sexy, cool series on Vatican politics, The New Pope. Episodes drop on Monday on HBO and Jim, Cecily and I make a new trinity of podcasters to cover all the intercourse and intrigue on Wednesdays. Search for new Pope who dis on your favorite podcast app or aggregator to listen and subscribe each week. Jim and I check out a new or classic movie on the bald movies feed. So subscribe and you won't miss anything this week. We'll be checking out groundhog day. The movie as a kickoff for our fabulous annual groundhog day, 24 hour charity stream. That's right. We're doing a 24 hour long charity stream on twitch.tv. TV slash bald move starting at noon this Friday, January 31st, with all net proceeds going to raise money for the Australian Red Cross to give relief for the bushfires that have been ravaging the continent. Make a note of the new start date. It starts this noon, this Friday, January 31st. We're running until the following noon on Saturday, February 1st. We're in the eastern U.S. time zone, so check your schedules. But honestly, it's a 24-hour stream. It's a pretty big target to hit. We'll be watching disaster movie after disaster movie non-stop on twitch.tv slash baldmove, including such classics as Twister, 2012, Armageddon, Volcano, and The Day After Tomorrow. We'll be doing a prize giveaway sometime during each film. If you want more details, follow us at Move on your favorite social media site check our forums or baldmove.com itself please stop by say hi hang out and if you can give to help out our friends and neighbors down under
0: let's start with the recap we start off with picard playing poker with data and mars explodes outside the window of the enterprise of 10 forward there uh picard then wakes up in his vineyard this was all a dream he's on chateau picard uh in france and we get a lot of So it starts right away with the callbacks, right? Mm -hmm. I know this um, Ella Fitzgerald song "Blue Skies," is I think what Data sang at Riker's wedding. Yeah, Riker and Troy's wedding. And Nemesis. I've only seen that movie once because it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, But you know, so I don't have a good memory of that, which is unfortunate because I know a lot of the events that take place in that are directly referenced in this episode i might have to bite the bullet this weekend
1: and watch star trek nemesis I might i've i been too, wanting yeah. to anyway i'm like i i, was, I had this idea I was like man maybe i should go back and watch the bad the quote-unquote bad star treks like one three five Insurrection. Nemesis, insurrection yeah. just to see like how are they are they as bad as i thought um but yeah like it's this thing and like you know picard playing poker with data we know that's something that picard really never did until the very last episode of the series where yes. the events of All Good Things led him to think, you know what, maybe keeping these emotional walls between me and my bridge crew mm-hmm. for these years hasn't been, like, I had good reasons for doing it, but maybe it's not the best approach for me as, a, as the human Picard. And, like, the, the idea that he you know, would continue to do that in his dream states and the tell of data... Uh, yeah. When I watched it the second time, actually, they they actually did animate his left pupil. They did, yeah. And and Data doing the deadpan like sense of humor is like, well, since you pointed out my tail, Captain, I don't know which which uh, deception to employ. He goes right back to the Princess Bride's, you know, oh, uh, right. duel with what is it? Not Fezzik, uh, Fezini. I don't Fazini. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I I just thought that was really funny and how well they kind of fell into that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're establishing
0: a little bit of the themes here, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that like when Data asks him, you know, why he's stalling or whatever, he says, "I don't want the game to end." And I think that's Picard realizing he's approaching the end of his life. Um, he's best... kind of been sitting out all these years, like yeah. that's festering in his mind, and it comes yeah. to a head later. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's some themes of mortality, themes of uh, maybe nostalgia too, but, but those are kind of linked. Yeah,
1: um, plus speaking of nostalgia just seeing the this uh galaxy class starship just glide through these just jaw-dropping vistas in space yeah. was really just just really hit the the the, tr- the trek nerd in me just just so i like it I and liked then it a lot. when he wakes up and he calls his dog number one yeah I about lost it
0: Riker was always a bit of a dog to begin it, with yeah he, <laughs> so he sure was a so dirty fitting. dog <laughs>
1: Dirty dog going from port to port, from from yep. Starbase to Starbase. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I think, I don't know if I actually saw this on the show, but like in the promotional material, they show that his identification tag is a Starfleet and uh, communicator insignia uh his ID tag? Yeah, for the dog. Oh, the dog. Okay, yeah. Which I think is 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 really funny. Mm-hmm. Um but it also introduces a lot of mystery like why is Mars exploding? Yeah. Why is he having these recurring uh nightmares of of this destruction? And at first when I was watching the episode I'm thinking, "Oh, this must be as we find out more about um I want to talk I guess take a d- brief detour into the canon of Star Trek. It appears that they've embraced the JJ Abrams canon which is that Romulan's homeworld is destroyed by Supernova. Okay. That was established in the first Trek reboot. And then the, the Romulan starship went back in time and started fucking with and destroyed Vulcan and all these other things. Um, they're rolling with that. Okay. Um, and it seems like all this stuff kind of took place as more or less how those movies um, anticipated it. Uh, but I wondered if like if this was just Picard's guilt over you know his part or lack of... A, his, his lack of being able to talk the Federation into doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it seems like, no, actually, some rogue AI went and blew up Mars in, yeah. the, in the recent past.
0: I think those things are tied together um, in that, it seemed like they were moving the Romulans maybe to Mars. The nine hundred million they were trying to evacuate. Maybe they were um, because the rescue fleet is destroyed in that attack as well. Yeah. So they would have had to have to have been around Mars.
1: But we're So I, I was as unclear to me whether they were staging all these starships to go do the rescue mission and then it was blown up before like the baby was strangled in the crib or whether like you said, suggested they had some success bringing them and then the AI, I suppose it could be either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I I don't know. I think some of these things are like being introduced early on to kind of like be the, the, the mysteries in the series as Mm -hmm. we go on. Um, Yeah. These are the big questions that
0: I have. And I think that's intentional. Uh, Then we go over to Boston on earth, obviously Uh, a woman named Dodge is having an evening in with her boyfriend to celebrate being accepted to the daystrom Institute, which should sound pretty familiar to star Trek next generation fans. Uh, some space goons show up to find out where she's from and they try to capture her killing her boyfriend in the process. And she manages to instead kill all of them. And then she sees this vision of Picard. We have no idea how they're connected.
1: Yeah. Uh, we don't know it yet, but these are looks like there is some sort of Romulan faction because yes. everyone that we see de-helmeted, I, I was jokingly referring referring to them in my notes as a Romulan sport bike motorcycle gang. <laughs> All right. uh, yeah, but we also it, it's I it's very unclear to me like what the relationship here is and what if any affiliation they have with the Romulan faction we see in the reclamation zone. Because yeah. it seems like they're at odds. One is embracing, uh, this this biological life. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't know, um, the, the other the other daughter's uh, nature and whatnot. I, I have a lot of questions about that, but you're supposed to.
0: You're supposed to, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the fight choreography was pretty strong in this. Yeah. Scene. Um, you know, in in as much as Star Trek is action now, uh, and you know has always been a little bit of action. Though mostly
1: cheesily done, yeah, the, the 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 linked f- double fist overhead yeah. hammer that apparently is the only combat technique they taught at Starfleet <laughs> Academy, it's just not going to cut it in the Asia. What of Jason Bourne and John Wick? And no, when it's that powerful, what do you need with other moves? <laughs> it's true. You just you, come into a fight, you do that, it's over. You got a nerve. You got the nerve pinch, and if mm-hmm. you're a, a mere human mortal, then you got the the double overhand hammer fist.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this looked like it was done by a very competent choreography team, mm-hmm. stunt team. Uh, it looks like they they sweated the details on this because I've seen a lot of bad fights in my time. Seen a lot of
1: bad fights in Star Trek.
0: In Star Trek, yeah, even in particular. Uh, but this one was pretty good.
1: Yeah, zero I've, complaints. The I, if you're, if you're going to have to have some action in new Star Trek, you might as well stage it competently.
0: Yeah, uh, I have no idea still how she is mentally linked to picard how she's seeing visions of a man who she apparently doesn't
1: know it seems like she has like if we're going to go with the fact that she's a constructed you know bio machine mm-hmm. that a lot of this stuff is locked away from her just that
0: implanted sort of memories
1: it, it, it reminds me a lot of like jason Bourne, and that he just knows how to do all this stuff right. um but he doesn't have any conscious control over at least initially yeah uh, which i thought was kind of an interesting way to take this just i do what is Picard's DNA? Because it seems like it's a lot of Star Trek six, the movie, which revolved oh. around like Starfleet being torn between their humanitarian mission and the desire, the pragmatic desire to see their oldest and most bitter adversary die, you mm. know, in, yeah. in a, a moon explosion. Mm. Um, but it also has, I think there's a lot of like Jason Bourne in this. Yeah uh it looks like a dunkirk got name checked there's like that's mm-hmm. definitely like, i'm looking at all the creative influences and in, and then also uh 21st century earth politics yeah where there's a whole bunch of like you know what is what is a country's obligation to help another country uh mm-hmm. whether they're allies whether they're enemies like at what point do you set aside old rivalries and bitter and bitterness and just realize you know we're we're one human race um that seems like that's where a lot of the creative juices are flowing in in this direction.
0: Yeah. And I think that the pairing of like Picard's desire to help these Romulan refugees with the artificial intelligence question about whether that is life or not is a good pairing because that, that interview um, later on in the episode where Picard's asked like about that mission and he says, well, there were 900 million lives and she says Romulan lives and he says, Mm -hmm. no lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go back and you look at some of the stuff that happened in Next Generation around data and his, you know, sentience or lack thereof. The battle over that, and you start to understand that Picard views life as a very all-encompassing sort of thing, right? It's not, it's not a matter of like which faction you're you're a part of or anything yeah. like that. He has a value, an intrinsic. He places an intrinsic value on life, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's that, that's a good blending of those two things because so we're going to see since... an enemy and someone who it wasn't traditionally an enemy the ai but has sort of made themselves into that that in the minds of the humans mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out
1: especially since with um artificial life there's always the op- like so with human life uh you have humans and they reproduce and they make more humans no one would say that like an you know if if you uh gave birth to a child that that child is literally no longer human i don't know maybe Mm -hmm. we'll have one of those crossover events with genetic engineering and ai meshing in the future but so far you know two humans get together to make another human yeah uh it's an open question if data were to reproduce and make another you know a daughter or a son or whatever is that you can make artificial intelligence that are not sentient, that are not human. Mm-hmm. Um, like a different uh, robotic scientist could make an artificial form of life. That is nothing like data. Would you grant it full sentience and rights as a federation member? There's a lot of questions that don't come up in uh, when you're talking about humanity that do kind of can come up with uh, when you're talking about artificial intelligence and even the, mm-hmm. you know, just he mentions that uh, in this interview, you're referring to that. Um, there's never a time where he doubted Data, but like I, I just recently watched episode or season three through five of the Next Generation, and like Data, got hijacked by some alien or uh, external influence like six different times and took over the Enterprise, <laughs> almost killed the crew as a result of this. Like, huh. that's a unique vulnerability that he had. That I don't know. It seems like everybody got t- took turns possessed by some yeah. alien creature by the end. Yeah, but you know, they're it's. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to explore the differences between artificial life and and non artificial life, and if those differences are meaningful. And how do you how how do you judge each each artificial life form on its own on its own merits? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the theme song for
0: the show, which I don't know about you, but I have not really felt any of the theme songs since maybe Voyager was the last one that I thought was. Remarkably, Star Trek. Um. Mm. All well. Okay. Everything since TNG has started to feel a little more sad, a little more, a little softer, a little like more confused. There's nothing as bold as the TNG. It's it's music. Melody. It's Star Trek music. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. If it's too many instruments being combined, or Mm. the melody just isn't strong enough or bold Mm. enough to to hold up the the entirety of it, but like. TNG is an extremely memorable theme mm-hmm. song. The old uh, series, holy shit. The original series, extremely yeah. memorable. Yeah. I had to go look up what even Deep Space Nine sounded like. Deep mm-hmm. Space Nine, which I've watched the entirety of twice, I couldn't think of the theme song because yeah. it's just not as memorable. It's not as bold. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as uplifting. I think that's one of the things
1: that Star Trek's been missing for a while is that <laughs> sense of hope. I was wondering if they would do like a TNG reworking for the theme song of this. They put a tiny little flare of it at the end. Did you which think? So? I think they also did with disco, but like, hmm. yeah. I, I was listening for it, and I and I uh, was watching it with Cecily the first time, and she mentioned that she thought she heard. I I thought they'd maybe even lean heavily or more heavily into that. Yeah, they they really don't
0: until the very very tail end of it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't something more bold, more declarative. Uh, but then we go to Chateau Picard again and John Luke walks with this dog and then he returns to the house where his assistants prepare breakfast for him and prep him for an interview that he's agreed to. And this interviewer sits down with him and breaks her promise not to talk about the event leading up to his resignation from Starfleet. And in typical, I, I think in the captain they remember form uh, Picard tells them why. He de- defends his actions, and then mm-hmm. he ends the interview.
1: I thought this scene was good, but I am I was kind of surprised the way they framed it doesn't give Picard a lot of agency. Like, oh, he's just mm-hmm. going to grant this interview, but he doesn't want it to go in this one spot that it seems like he would want it to go to. Why would Picard want to carry the weight of the Federation or a Starfleet that he no longer thinks is living up to its original mission? Mm-hmm. I almost wish they'd frame this like, after 20 or whatever years of silence you know admiral retired admiral jean-luc picard breaks the silence on the federation because of something that was happening around the galaxy and he just rips him a new one not like he was goaded into it or he was like oh my back's corner i can't do anything but shit on the federation like i don't know i would have liked to seen him kind of like you know what i've i picked my spot i've waited and now they've I, the Federation had done something to really stick their dick in the mashed potatoes, and I'm coming out and I'm blasting them. I'm blasting them about how they turned their back on AI research and I'm blasting them about the treatment of the Romulan refugees, but he feels like he got like, alright, I'll come and appear in your show as long as we don't talk about anything that's actually important to me. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was weird. It's like, that's, you know, Picard's a man of action. He's, bull. he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't mind. He's very much for civility well, and decorum, but he will get in and and turn over your apple cart if you let him. Yeah, absolutely, Picard would have when he was in Starfleet. But I get the impression
0: that this is a man who... Ha- th- there's a line in there where he he wakes up from a dream and he says, I haven't been living, I've been waiting to die. Right. And I feel like that is that is the difference, right? He was sort of... like He quits Starfleet and maybe he does go give a couple of talks on mm-hmm. how shitty Starfleet's become, how they're yeah. not the Starfleet he remembers. But over the last few years, he's sort of been been pushing that out of his life right and and living this life that is very sedate that is very off the radar um he doesn't he doesn't take part in that stuff but but i yes i could see absolutely if he caught wind of an event that that starfleet was uh responsible for or participated in that made him sort of rekindle that desire in him to speak out Mm -hmm. uh that
1: would have been a really cool way to go yeah, I,
0: I don't think it's awful the way they went. Um, but yeah, perhaps it could have been a little better.
1: Um, I also think that there's. I think it's interesting what they've. Like, there's a lot of mystery about, like, why the synthetics, you know, how many synthetics were there? Yeah. Um, what, in what capacity were they being used by the Federation? Um, it makes it seem like they just kind of went berserk and attacked, but like, maybe that this wasn't. This is more of um what I forget what the faction did Chakotay be- belong to? Um, the, the...
0: Maki, no. yeah, wasn't it? The Makis, <laughs> was it, was he, I
1: thought that was uh,
0: Deep Space Nine. That was the that's the, the Jedar. Bajoran... No, the, I thought that was the Bajoran
1: uh, underground. Hmm, uh, but you know, there's been a couple of separatist factions where they don't agree with what the Federation is doing and they're fighting against it. Um, but they had it like you know, Chakotay wasn't an evil guy. He was definitely like you know, Star Trek Insurrection style. But yeah. he you know was fighting against the Federation. And I wonder if you properly understood the the androids, the synths, motivations, if you would be more sympathetic to them. But they're not. They're not. They're not around. What happened to them all? Were yeah, they hunted I, down to extinction. Right? Are there Blade Runners in this universe? Is that what the Blade Runner, the next generation? <laughs> I mean, there would have to be, right? Because yeah. you have a
0: rogue faction, which uh-huh. they clearly say is a rogue faction of of since mm-hmm. that implies that there are many more of them what do they do just shut them down do they let uh-huh. them live their lives out like th- their lives are forever they won't go away yeah so i yeah i i do have a lot of logistical questions about what it means to ban ai
1: when ai already exists i also wonder what he meant by it was dunkirk because was what 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 is that other than the fact that that was a very popular movie that they're name checking, uh, a, a historical event that happened almost 400, 500 years in Picard's past? Because that was literally a group of men who were pinned between the sea and an oncoming human threat. Is he putting the supernova in the place of the Nazis, or yeah, I think okay? So. Is that what it was? Because I was also yeah, wondering. Yeah, he was
0: the the captain on the you know fishing
1: boat right. headed over to to rescue people, yeah. and then all the robots came to sink him. I, I was just wondering, uh-huh. like if, but uh, was there any way to frame like? Could were the AI the ones who were against the, like the anvil and the the hammer, or you know? I thought it, it was the Romulans. He, he didn't he didn't explain what he meant by yeah. what was what was done, Kirk. So he just gave her shit for.
0: Maybe not knowing,
1: like yeah. he just assumed that she had no idea what. Dunkirk I think you're switch. right because, like the, in, the logical inference, you had this ragtag fleet of people trying to save yeah. other people from a doomed, uh you know, a situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, I was hoping that he would actually maybe connect, connect the lines, exact, exactly what what he meant by that. uh I noticed that
0: Captain Picard now in his old age is drinking decaf. Earl, yeah, Earl
1: Grey light tea earl gray decaf (laughs) Uh yeah Yeah. so he doesn't want to get too excited this early in the morning also the other thing the costuming is so good like one of the things the hilarious things about the tng is like to see like what they came up with future designs Uh these things i thought like picard looked dapper as fuck throughout the entire episode especially when he goes to daystrom
0: Mm. Uh I thought that suit was really cool. Yeah.
1: I but I liked the like there's this really complicated tie he had going on in the first one with huh. the, like a little collarless suit ensemble. Like it felt like, okay, this is five hundred years of earth fashion, it's kinda of drifted, but you still got the basics and the basic colors are still yeah. uh I, I thought the sense of fashion was uh was, was pretty pretty good. I'm just waiting
0: until the day I can just wear a jumpsuit, and just wear the same jumpsuit
1: yeah. everyday Mm-hmm. I'd be happy. Let's get a Star Trek style pajamas. Get some get some boots and you're good to go. Yeah,
0: it wouldn't look weird. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to Picard relaxing uh, on his chateau. When Dodge shows up, having seen his interview, to tell him what happened and find out if he knows anything about her. And they sit down later that evening to talk and he examines the necklace that she's wearing, which is these sort of two rings. Um, she says she knows him and he somehow seems to know her, though they can't place it, and he invites her to stay the night.
1: I remember thinking when I was watching, it's like, how in the world are they going to, in the world are they going to pay this off? How are they going to explain? his like connection to her and his her connection to him uh and I, thought I don't they, think they fully have they I think don't it's but like, like... If, if that's a painting that he had looked at in his ready room yeah like you know uh but hadn't seen it for 10 15 plus years or however long it's been like that explains from because hers perspective it's easy if she's a synthetic then she had all these routines hidden in her like hey you know when the shit hits the fan Here's how you well, fucking put- judo Romulan dudes, and here's the man you can trust above all else. That makes sense, but like Picard, what, you know, did the, the data or. Bruce Maddox or whoever hijacked the neural shit that the Borg left behind there and burn it in her face, but the painting was a very the painting
0: makes it makes sense. And
1: yeah. they also kind of t- it's like because then I was like, well, how the hell would Data know? But they kind of intimated that Maddox might have based her face if if this is if if yeah if this Bruce Maddox guy who is this we'll probably talk about him here in a bit. Uh, but if he based her face on that painting that he made of you know that 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 makes a lot of sense, and,
0: and she could. So, so was she literally like a clone of Data, just a female version of Data well, cloned from one of his neurons?
1: I thought that the the, the, the doctor at the, Day, the Daysturm Institute that yeah, he talked medics. to implied that oh. all synths were essentially manufactured from Data's positronic network. Well, like that was like the hmm. core code that they used, and once Data died, they were unable to make any more. And then the research was banned altogether. So I think every one of those synths that went crazy for Mars and this this woman, these two women, they all share some kind of neural sim- similarities to Data. And then they have some pretty out there, like, mm-hmm. they mentioned that, like, if you have a single positronic neuron, you could reconstitute some essence of right. Data, that's that's kind of wild and out there, but hey, you know.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Data's been in it already, so sure. it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see him come back yeah. in some cloned form.
1: Yeah. What'd you think of Brent Spiner's
0: makeup? Because It was good. It was yeah. good. I mean, he's older, like, yeah. he's obviously much older, but, like. For the most part, they nailed it.
1: No, I thought they did a really good job at de-aging him because I know that's uh-huh. one thing that he said after Nemesis. He doesn't want to play Data anymore because he's aged out of the role. Like, Data shouldn't age. and He hell, aged getting... back into it with CG. Like, yeah, exactly. It's crazy, you know? But I thought that his eyes were really weird. I'm like, this is not how Data looks, but I think it's the lighting because yeah. when I watched Generations, there was a couple which has kind of like more hollywood dark subdued lighting than the television show. Mm-hmm. He there was a couple uncanny valley instances where when the shadow hit his face just right those super pale eyes just jump out where yeah. when he's brightly lit and they kind of fade into the background of his kind of gold off-white skin yeah. and the beige corridors of the enterprise it doesn't jump out. So like after I watched it a couple more times I'm like I think this is how data looked. It's just we're not used to seeing him with mood lighting. Sure. Um, that makes sense but it was jarring like every time those like when when he was in those situations and his, his his pale yellow eyes are just like shining it's uh it's pretty wild
0: uh so then we go to the dream speaking of data where he's painting a portrait in the vineyard uh data invites picard to finish the painting and picard says i don't know how to do that and data says that's not true you absolutely do and he wakes to find that unfinished painting i or Painting from a different perspective. It looks Uh, like she's maybe turned more toward the sea. Yeah, she's she's looking behind her. Something. Uh you can't see her face in this particular copy. Yes. Um, but that painting is hanging in his study. And they find out that Dodge has left during the night. Uh I feel like we've talked a good deal about that. So we'll probably move on to the next scene um, where Picard. Uh goes to the Starfleet Archives to find mm-hmm. the other copy of the painting in storage, which includes the face of the woman in the portrait, which looks very much like dodge identical um He verifies that no one has messed with this painting, which was painted by data, and finds out also that the title is Daughter. I really, really liked this scene it just it inspires so many questions about future archival mm-hmm. um and recall of that kind of stuff that I, I just had my head spinning because, like, it, okay, there's a lot of nostalgia stuff in here, which is great. This Captain Picard day, sure, uh, is fantastic. That's one of the old TNG episodes sure. where the kids make up this poster for him for uh-huh. this banner. Um, there are a lot of models around here that you see on set in his ready
1: room and mm-hmm. in his quarters and stuff. Uh, throughout TNG they stored the corpse of his lionfish that's been floating dead for (laughs) did they (laughs) no 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 but it'd been funny
0: they did (laughs) Uh, but then the most interesting thing to me is when he calls up this painting because there's there's so much going on here so these archives in my mind are teleporting things out of storage Mm -hmm. into his own personal like lockbox kind Mm -hmm. of room um like you would do with a, a safe deposit box in a bank. And it comes with a cover? Like I was trying to I was trying to determine is this teleporting something physical from a physical space into this room, or is this simply a transporter pattern buffer that's being replicated in front of him?
1: Yeah, I to me that's I had a question Stu just in uh like I wasn't teleporting, it was more of like, why don't they just scan it'd be one thing if it's like the Mona Lisa or something that's like super culturally important, but like if it's just some random well, uh, banner that some children finger painted 30 years ago, why don't they just scan that uh, and then disassemble it and replicate it when needed? Like, yeah. I mean,
0: Picard's always been a bit of a that's true a stickler for He's having the physical guy. Like, books. They can, they can and... never get caviar just right. Right. I mean, he carried around Shakespeare books all the sure, time and sure. like, yeah, he's got physical items, but specifically this painting because it is teleported, right? It is is it created is... in front of him? Was it? Yeah, cuz he he goes up he walks up to this like I don't know, drafting table or mm-hmm. something and he hits a couple buttons and the thing materializes in front of him. Mm. And then it's got this crazy cover where he presses a button and it sort
1: of pulls itself off of the painting right. and stacks itself. I on forgot the side that of the it tele- I guess I forgot that it materialized in front of him because if it does yeah. that, then why does it need the fancy box? But exactly, and the cloth on top of it. You're, you're right. It, it must a have a physical. Buffer? It must be like a giant physical thing that they can retrieve via teleportation.
0: But why would you do that? Yeah. If if, if you are willing as a twenty. 4th century human yeah, to step into a transporter and be yeah. teleported somewhere uh-huh why would you have any physical attachment to things like that wouldn't you just simply carry around like a, a thumb drive or whatever with all of your stuff. possessions on yeah. it and then just replicate it when you when you needed it, the yeah. stuff yeah and if that's the case if they're doing that there must be some kind of like crazy collector community right can you imagine like yeah this has never been reconstituted. This has never right. been teleported yeah. or deatomized. This is an whatever original molecular, never gone yeah. through the process. Yeah, how much? It... But, but and you did know, they do how this do like every
1: ensign that washes out of Star Trek or the Starfleet? Did they have like a storage, a digital storage shed that the Federation maintains, or is it just important yeah. people like Admiral Picard? Right. But even then, it's like maybe he he gets
0: the room with the physical stuff in it, but the yeah. ensign
1: would just get a digital right. locker, right. right? Yeah, I don't know. If that's uh, that's yeah, the, the storage of the digital pattern would take up a lot less space than the shitty painting that the data made, or oh yeah, the Picard Day banner or whatever.
0: And I, as a collector myself, I'm wondering about the collector his, community. His Tux like...
1: Umat or what whatever Beta yeah. Z for what was it? Risen fertility symbol that Riker had him get. I forget. No. Yeah, like uh, what all? What all's in
0: there? And then you've got the the tech that I think we see first in Voyager, which is sort of holographic uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, this this archivist is this librarian of sorts is clearly a hologram.
1: Do you think there is ever like a Starfleet figure like uh, an admiral Howard Hughes that like stores just gallons of his own piss and fingernail clippings and in, and whatnot in his in, in room? archives because he can't part he can't bear to part with it. Probably.
0: Yeah. 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 I think there are a few. Like, Gotta be a weird admiral. If Picard were less mentally strong after yeah. his Borg incident, that would have been him. <laughs> they yeah. bust him out of the Borg thing. He just says, hand me my jaw. Yeah. Hand okay. me
1: my jaw, number one. I must conserve all my precious bodily <laughs> fluids. Well, if the Borg got their hands on them, damn couldn't it, we, Will. Couldn't you
0: just store people as pattern buffers? Like, why? Like, I would want to live. I would want you to bust me out once every 10 years for like a week. Mm-hmm.
1: And I just live my life that way. So I have an answer from the Star Trek The Next Generation technical manual. Really? Yeah. Matter replication happens at like an atomic resolution, uh, whereas people teleporting gets done at the quantum resolution. And so like they actually, I guess, scan the internal quantum state of all your ele- the, the electrons and this the constituents of your neutro- neut- neutrons and... Yeah, with their Heisenberg protons and all that stuff, and that's like because like a living being, you can't like like if you if you just replicated it, it would be dead. Like if you take a living being and replicate it, it's dead. If you transport full quantum resolution, then they're still alive. So store the quantum resolution image. Too much, too much space. Too much space. They can do it
0: on the. They can do it for five people at a time (laughs) on the Enterprise computer. Got a buffer. You got to clear that buffer out. Got endless planets out there. Put these put these fucking things on Saturn. It'll also,
1: any they needed to like recall an earlier teleportation of Picard, they, they just, always they could it. always go through the pattern yeah. buffer. Yeah, it kept O'Brien. It Maybe off. the secrets died with O'Brien. <laughs> he knew how <laughs> to do O'Brien it. Maybe but... O'Brien's run a whole bunch of like uh, considered unethical oh, teleportation yeah. chief research.
0: Yeah, he was storing that directly in Data's brain.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was the only way they could do it. (laughs) Yeah, because Data's brain had like 10 times the space to enterprise Mm -hmm. computer. That's the one thing that you get when you look at the technical manuals, like, no one had any idea what was coming with computing and the internet. No, they had no like they were trying to come up with. Well, what will floppy disks look like in mm. the twenty fourth century? And they'll be plexiglass. Yeah, <laughs> they, be they'll be acrylic. They'll, they'll, they'll be isolinear chips, and they'll be this mm-hmm. and that. It's like, well, in the future, there won't be physical media. You'll just beam yeah. everything through hyperspace internet, and you'll have Wikipedia. And yeah, no personal physical media. Right. Be yeah. Housed
0: somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you know, hey, you can't uh you can't see the future, it turns
0: out. It's true. Um also I found it a little weird that Picard doesn't remember the title of this painting, though it was painted and gifted to him by Data. Is that something he's forgotten
1: because it's just not that important you just of a I don't thing, know how or... many paintings Data gave to Picard. It was, it was like was every three yeah, days. Every day like day I call that. this one I call this one uh, Ferengi teeth, Captain. <laughs> it's a bowl full of Ferengi teeth, and he's like, Oh, very good data and he just wads it up and throws it in the archiver. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. the Shredder
1: uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Alright, well let's move on Dodge calls her mother for help but realizes that her mother knows more than she's letting on uh, and at the prompting of her mother Dodge finds Picard again this time he's at Starfleet Picard tells her that she might be Data's daughter and that that makes her extremely special to him Unfortunately, her attackers which we find out are Romulans return and chase them onto a roof where Dodge is killed in an explosion and Picard is knocked out
1: I would pay good money for a VR program that will allow me to sit on a park bench in the Starfleet headquarters in, in, uh, on a, a very nice day, what it looks like in, in San Francisco, and have Patrick Stewart hold my hand. And say he's, I'm very dear to him, and he'll never leave me. Yeah can, can we can we make that happen sometime before <laughs> before Sir Patrick uh, shuffles off this this mortal coil? Just go to Comic Con 2020. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be there. I need I need to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, what is your read? It has Do- how long has Dodge been active? Because I'm wondering is she literally like as old as she looks or did she, was she born like last year and had all these memories flash encoded on her and this, because like, I'm trying to think of like the difficulty. It's it's almost Truman show esque. If this girl has been active for 20 years or 10 years, like keeping up the appearances of the fact that she's had a complete life, you know, that she was born, that she went through a childhood. like That's gotta be tough. How do you integrate, uh, a newborn synthetic uh-huh. into
0: your existing life or their existing life.
1: Yeah. Or maybe they're suggesting she actually was born through some biological process and was written like... I, it, Possible. It's, it's an open question how many of these memories... Like, as Picard says, she rattles off these memories and she has a lot of interesting questions like, oh my God, are you telling me that I'm some soulless machine? She's like, no, God, you should know your dad. He was amazing. He was a cool guy. Took over to Starship. Starfleet almost killed us all a bunch of times, but, you know... uh you should see me on Earl on on, on decaffeinated Earl Grey we all get crazy a little uh, a few times I got a flute uh but I wondered I I, I, she also says like you know I'm not real and he has this like kind of beautiful it's like you know no you're of course you're real and you were created with like love and intention just like any of us are and Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty beautiful because especially if uh, you've seen the relevant episodes of Data creating his first child. You know, like what a uh, what a thoughtful and, and intentional thing it, it was. And you know, he wasn't. I guess he wasn't capable of love, but you know, tell Bruce Maddox when he was seeing his hands move faster than the human could percept to try to keep his child alive. Like, hmm. you know, that's always the interesting thing about Data. It's like he couldn't love until the emotion chip switched switched on. But yeah, hmm, that's uh, a shallow reading of Data yeah and this this line
0: about data being all meaning uh I think was interesting in the context of humanity and what w- us struggling to find our own meaning is that the creation of life? is that something that we would attribute as the final meaning of humanity? Mm. I think maybe that's kind of what Picard's getting at there mm-hmm. um and the fact that we may have done that and now that's lost it's it's a, it's very sad um but it's also a hopeful view of that sadness. Which I think is very Star Trek. Um, do we want to talk about like the reason she's named what she is uh, with this flower? I, I don't know that it makes they make much of it this episode. Yeah, there might be more coming on that.
1: I don't know because like I, Data's first daughter, if these are indeed his daughters, was named Lal, which the episode the offspring uh, explained to us is like a Sanskrit word for beloved. Uh, these characters are named Daj and Soji, which I'm like, aha! I'm gonna go and look up their names. That's gonna be vlog. Apparently, these names are relatively meaningless. Like, there's no direct um equivalent in any human language that I was able to see. There's like, like the the relevant words in Sanskrit are like, I think Daj is like dow means dowry, and like Soji is some kind mm-hmm. of uh, like plant, like like essentially saying like wheat flour or something. So unlike the previous names these appear to have no meaning whatsoever um well i mean with no more meaning than any of our names have yeah uh so i i don't know now you mentioned that you, that you thought that she was named after a flower i thought it was the other way around that her uh whatever memory she had of her father it was that she that that this this strain of flower he discovered as a Xenobotanist or whatever, was named after her, but I could could have misheard that.
0: Yeah, I could have too. I don't know which is true. Uh, But let's move on to Picard dreaming again. Um, And when he wakes, he tells his assistants that Dodge is dead, which is confusing because none of the police mentioned her and she wasn't on the feeds of the event, Um, apparently using some personal stealth tech. And Picard decides he has to figure out where she came from and this is where picard sort of says like i haven't been living i've been waiting to die um it's sounding a little bit like uh james t kirk in generations like mm-hmm. he wants to matter right he wants to do something that that changes things he wants yeah. to make his presence in the universe felt yeah and i don't think it's again. as
1: like vainglorious as uh, uh, as as kirk's but yeah. it's more of kind of like i've Like, I accuse the Federation of shrinking from its duties and Mm -hmm. from the galactic stage, but what have I done? I've just been sulking and nursing these old grudges, and it hasn't done anybody any good other than maybe the Romulans that he's taken in. It seems like, uh, you know, his Romulan man and women servants, which is weird, and his giant sprawling (laughs) chateau. Um, But, uh, yeah, again, this was a very uh, well-impressive action sequence. I was genuinely shocked when she got killed. In fact, I... Immediately suspected there's some kind of trickery, and there uh, is. But, there's pro- but and, 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 and there might even be of. trickery on top with this whole like if there's just one positronic, yeah, uh, can neural connection left, you can reconstitute some personality. We might not see have seen the end of Dodge. Oh, Shit. Um, Could the Borg have it? I mean it's always the Borg. They
0: have his skin, right? Like maybe oh, they yeah. also have other parts. Oh yeah. Because they saved that skin.
1: They got they got skin samples. They yeah. took some somehow they got some some positronic sperm samples. They're ready uh-huh. to go over on the Borg side. And I mean the Romulans might find it. I don't
0: know, I don't know what Borg Cube they're reclaiming here. Yeah. yeah. But could be something from around Star Trek first contact era. Yeah.
1: Um I thought so these are again all Romulans as far as we can tell. These mm. this is motorcycle gang. Um I thought it was interesting that, like, uh, is Romulan blood corrosive? or did he have like some kind of poison acid tooth because Are it looked they like, like it was alien it looked like it was fucking his face up too this thing he spat at her and then yeah. he also had his gun going critical uh-huh. at the same time I'm like this is well i think i think the gun went critical because the acid got on it and oh. ate, ate into the power source see i thought he predated the gun and then spit acid yeah. i'm like wow this is really gilding the lily man it's
0: more like a terminator thing
1: where uh, if their power source gets damaged
0: it can cause a massive explosion gotcha i gotcha Uh, but yeah, I I actually like this fight scene for the most part. There's one move where she throws a dude down a set of stairs that
1: I thought was amazing. Yeah, and she also threw him off, uh, threw a dude off of a ledge and he gets teleported to safety, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he gets, he gets teleported as he's in free fall. Uh, And of course, yeah, I think he also had a knife in his chest at that point. So, (laughs) okay. I don't know. It's 24th century. Almost a 25th. This is... This is uh twenty three ninety nine, right? Is it really? Wow. Yeah, I think it's like the year before the. I, I wonder if there's something about like new millennium, new trek kind of thing that they're doing here too, which is mm, kind of cool. Could be.
0: Yeah. All right, so then Picard visits the Daystrom Institute, where he finds out that they don't have the tech to make a flesh and blood synthetic because they've been prohibited from creating anything at all, uh, in physical form after the attack on Mars. Only working in theories now, and this scientist explains to him that no one has ever been able to recreate data. But Bruce Maddox was on to something before they got shut down, So know do ex- he can't be found.
1: Do you want to explain Bruce, who Bruce Maddox is briefly to anyone who might not know? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so Bruce Maddox was a uh, Starfleet technical officer who got wind of Data early in Data's uh, campaign with the Enterprise. And his position was he wanted to get permission to disassemble Data and study his positronic brain in an effort to make more... Uh, positronic brained individuals and data was not i think in opposition to the idea of creating more of him he just thought that like bruce maddox didn't have all of his tech and it was likely that he would destroy data in the process of creating him or, or studying him mm-hmm. so data just do, were, did not give consent to that procedure bruce maddox then sued data in starfleet court uh, and and asserted that you know data is essentially property, and Starfleet could do you know they they claimed him as salvage when they found him abandoned on this 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 planet, and they could do with him whatever he wanted, just like he, if he was a phaser rifle that they found or a shuttlecraft that they salvaged. Um, there's a whole court case where Picard represented him because. Mm-hmm. And, that's, that's the and, foundation of every judicial system that you have the captain and the first officer
0: as sure yeah. yeah no conflict of interest none whatsoever yeah. uh you have Riker on the other side
1: prosecuting him right yeah uh and then that was a really good episode despite all it the, was fantastic the, i just watched it again the eggs were throwing at the judicial system uh, uh season three uh, episode six measure of a man
0: it's or episode nine was I think, it episode, i think it's six
1: uh was that season three or season two though
0: because whatever the
1: following season, Bruce Maddox comes back when uh, Data is trying to create uh, his daughter Law, yeah. um, and they're more more friendly and less adversarial. I think he finally won him over, uh, seeing his fatherly devotion and to they his offspring. C- kind
0: of mentioned that in this. They say they were sort yep. of friendly mm-hmm. at least um, toward toward the end of the research with synthetics.
1: It seems like he was pioneering this fractal neuronic cloning, which is a way to. Uh, like perfectly duplicate a positronic network, maybe, mm-hmm. um, but it, it it creates clones of things, and there's an analogy between the two copies of data. That's where I'm thinking like there's more. It's 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 probably not just simple coincidence that Data painted two identical paintings to give to Picard. Um, yeah. Like that, maybe this is. Uh, I don't think it's as easy as like Bruce Maddox was just giving uh you know making this face look like data's painting as a tribute at this this feels like it's more something that they were working long term Mm -hmm. that was like hush hush or they were keeping secrets
0: yeah and we picard shows her this necklace and she tells him all about that and that whole process and and i think picard by the end of this thinks that maddox may have created these clones perhaps Mm -hmm.
1: these synthetics uh and dodge and soji so now he knows that Dodge wasn't the end. There might, there yeah. is on all, all likelihood another individual out there like her that he can find and help, perhaps. you
0: think we're going to see Maddox come back because he's kind of uh, out on on the lam right now. He's uh, Yeah, in he's, yeah,
1: anytime they conspicuously make someone not dead, but also like missing and, you yeah. know, also there's a momentous event, the banning of sense that caused him to kind of like break and take off. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I I do think this uh, Doctor Girati. Um, she felt like she was too young to have the like the to have the career that they talked about her having. But maybe I didn't follow it too too well. That like I mean, she got recruited right out of Starfleet by Maddox. But how many years ago was that? It had to be
0: quite well. Okay, we don't know when synthetics were actually banned. We know yeah. when the event happened, like 14 years ago. The uprising, yeah. uh-huh. uh, the attack on Mars happened. So. I think it would be quite a while she's been working, at least maybe ten years. Right. With Maddox,
1: but this actress kind of baby face too. Like she does. I, yeah. I, I did, was was Newsroom ten years ago? Doesn't look like she's really aged today. So. Maybe she's forty five, fifty, and uh, she just uh, doesn't doesn't look it. It's yeah. it's the twenty fourth century. People are using moisturizer. Uh, people are using uh, synthetic moisturizer. Synthetic moisturizer yeah. with built in sunblock, and they're just not aging like like we do nowadays.
0: It's true. um, Then after that scene, we go to Romulan's base, to a Romulan reclamation site, is what it's called. Mm -hmm. They are reclaiming tech and parts from a Borg cube, and a man named Narek introduces himself to a Dr. Soji Asha, who looks just like Daj, and is wearing the same necklace, and then he mentions his sad story about losing his brother, which I'm going to say is a fiction. I don't believe him for a second. And then she invites him to discuss that further.
1: Yeah, uh... I when I first saw Narek walking in, I'm like okay, who let the Romulan boy band member loose on the in the Romulan reclamation site I do not like this guy's kind of look or presentation whatsoever mm-hmm. um, but I actually, then when the scene goes on I remember that I uh, really liked this actor, he played Victor Frankenstein on Penny Dreadful hmm. for several seasons, and I think he's really really good, so like okay he's got some he's got really nice romulan hair and he's he's he looks like he i don't know maybe he was created in a lab to appeal to this to quickly gain the, the trust and confidence of this uh female synthetic person who they're assuming is straight apparently that's their first mistake because uh-huh. data's daughter turns out queer as fuck and she's yeah. not gonna have any interest in this uh <laughs> this romulan guy um but i don't know i i what was your first impression of him
0: uh yeah i mean i i think he looks like a dirtbag yeah and so i automatically attribute some really nefarious shit to him Uh even though the scene so i i can't tell if i'm reading too much into it just based on his appearance or if the scene wants me to think that something is up here but clearly I, i don't know this is super interesting to me because it's a kind of an amalgamation of everything that I love about next generation. These, the two big things, the Borg and data like Mm -hmm. this, this idea of what is a synthetic artificial intelligence, uh, to us as humans. What do we, what do we do with something like that? What do we make of it? Um, super fascinating. Some of the best questions in the next generation. And then you pair them up with one of the coolest villains of all time. Mm -hmm. I'm super happy.
1: And also, like the you know, I didn't have memories of the Romulans being a huge part, like you know, when I think of my uh childhood love of Star Trek, it's like the you know the Borg, yeah, but like the Romulans were the primary antagonist from like you know season uh three on of the series, uh, and I think it's fascinating to see them what so is, are they squatting on a Borg cube? Is this Borg cube... Uh, there's a lot of people arguing about whether this Borg cube is being rebuilt or whether it's being dismantled. Um, whether this has been like a derelict cube yeah. that the Romulans are, are trying to reconstitute as like some kind of new home, home world. Uh, if the Borg is somehow... Using the Romulans to, because because uh, the Borg, as I understand it, are kind of like destroyed, like Janeway destroyed them with some kind of nanovirus. So they're just like yeah. almost extinct. If not, in fact, is, is this some way that the Borg queen or the collective is playing some long con game to get reconstituted at the same time as the Romulans? Uh, these are all questions I think you're supposed to be asking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like seeing all these kind of like uh, old Romulan or I guess new Romulan birds of prey uh like flying in and out of the board cube was pretty pretty cool and evocative. Yeah. I have no idea how they got a hold of this bion this 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 uh, synthetic girl, uh what she understands about her own existence, uh why they wanted to hunt down her sister, but they actually are using her. If this is this the same faction of Romulans? I I don't know.
0: Yeah. All good questions that we're not supposed to have answers to yet. Yep. Uh I got other questions for you. Like hmm. when do we see a Cisco or Janeway series? Because we're not going to see an Archer series for a while, right? Although uh, if you're going to
1: do it, Scott Bakula
0: is getting pretty old too. Also,
1: they, he's like already dead. Like that was a prequel series. Well, you could set any of these series in any. Oh, time, I guess that's right? true. I guess that's true. I don't know. I uh... also would you see a Cisco? Because didn't he ascend into the prophets? Like what would that look like? Him just chilling I can't remember if he still has just chilling a In the form. wormhole with the with the Bajoran gods.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting
1: to explore an entire Star Trek series. Different... He's just a uh, yeah, because yeah. because there it happens once a season that the uh-huh. the next generation crew finds a life form that's on the cusp of ascending to some sort of Sylvanian man godhood. He's going to turn into uh-huh. an energy cloud or something like. What becomes of all these people? What becomes of all these people who are proto Q? They they go back
0: and they do their own thing. I mean, they they tend to leave them alone at the mm. end, like. They never take any of those beings with them.
1: My theory is that like every like uh post humanoid civilization eventually just merges with the Q. Like the Q yeah. is kind of like uh a, a fraternal order of demigod beings that just like, oh, you've you've uh transcended your human limitations and your paltry understandings of the fourth dimensions. Welcome to the continuum.
0: That's the thing. I watched the, the episode the other night where the Q first takes them out to meet the Borg. Yeah. To humiliate Patrick Stewart, uh-huh. um, humiliate the human race. Right. Uh, and they, he kept saying, like, oh, there are things out there beyond your understanding, beyond your capability mm-hmm. to deal with, when he is one of those things. Like, they've already met that thing. Right. And the purest form of it, it's
1: like, right.
0: yeah, Picard, you should know you couldn't do anything against Q if you wanted to. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a cute. It's like that that episode because I I watched that recently too, and it's a little like a uh, little like Job spouting off to God, you know, a bit like like he he was a little foolhardy in how much he. I think all the crew is a little foolhardy in how much they they tug on, uh, Q's cape from time to time. Yeah, it's a good thing that he somehow deep down likes humanity, or right. they would have just been they'd have been they'd been killed a long time ago.
0: Yeah, and we haven't met the ones that would kill us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Also, are we going to get to see any L-Cars in the show? Because I think that L-Cars is one of the most all-time iconic user interfaces.
1: Here's the thing. I think we found in the 21st century that those types of mutable touch-face dis- screen designs, we don't want anywhere near like photon torpedo launching. Imagine if you're like how many typos you make, and imagine uh-huh. that's Wharf trying to hail someone with the button right next to the photon torpedo launcher but
0: now we got we got minority <laughs> report shit where you're waving your hands in the air like dodge yeah. was this episode it's like that's no better that's yeah. even worse honestly yeah, it's,
1: it's less precise yeah. yeah
0: like and plus i just love l cars i'm it is I'm it's a really a cool
1: it. it's a very cool i thought that was the future of design and then i learned about like tactile feedback <laughs> right. and how important that is to humans like, you know, like, like, like forming muscle memory for things. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe, uh, that's why I, the the other thing I thought was interesting is one of the glaring kind of like weirdness to see. And this goes for almost all science fiction. It goes for the star Wars, the expanse star Trek is how little automation seems to affect Yeah. like, like they actually have people going around cleaning the enterprise. They have people steering the ship mm-hmm. and, and, and aiming the weapons devices on it when, right. We already have machines right now that would do a better job at that than you'd think the 24th century equivalents. Um, and, and in some of those episodes, they specifically say, like, oh, this is a job that a human can't do fast enough. Well, you need to turn the ship over to the computer. And everybody's like,
0: ooh, turn yeah. the ship over to the computer. I don't know.
1: Yeah, meanwhile, we're like starting to dip our toes with that with, with Tesla and whatnot. Right. Uh, and airliners and sh- ships at sea and whatnot. Uh, but I thought it was cool to see, like, Chateau Picard actually has robots out there working the fields uh-huh. you know because yeah, of course they would. drones yeah you you wouldn't need the uh, you, you wouldn't want people working out in the fields you probably wouldn't get a lot of 24th century volunteers to pick the fucking picard's grapes mm-hmm. so i thought that was neat i wonder how that will like on a starship you're always gonna have some dudes or, or lady steering the ship you're always gonna have some person firing the guns i guess even though that's not realistic but it's yeah. nice to see a little bit of that automation. you got flying cars. The Golden Gate Bridge was all uh, solar panels. Did you notice that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, the highway system was just a inter- like interlocking lattices of solar panels. Okay. That's pretty cool. The
0: idea's been floated around, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. It's 24th century. It's... They got it ready to go.
0: Yeah, a little weird because you're underneath objects most of the time. Yeah.
1: Getting a traffic jam on that. It looked like there was zero traffic on it. Like, also, yeah. there's, there's some kind of blend of flying cars. and. I
0: mean, when you have teleporters,
1: yeah. that tech would mm-hmm. m-
0: render cars almost useless. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could transport any goods you wanted, any people, whatever.
1: It's amazing people walk anywhere, honestly.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else. I'm looking forward to episode two, see where they take this thing with its themes and its story. Mm-hmm. Uh, see... What Patrick Stewart can do. I don't know. How did you feel about Patrick Stewart and his performance during
1: this? I thought that's the other thing I I forgot to mention in in the DNA. Like, this is got a lot of Logan in it, too. The idea that Picard is um, an old man. Like, he was never an action hero, but he's not going to be, you know, swinging from the engines of the Enterprise, duking it out with the Borg Queen. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be, you know, fighting off a Gorn soldier or whatever. He's. Uh, like there was a lot of action scenes, but he played a frightened old man that yeah. could not do anything. Like if it wasn't for this uh, potential data daughter, he would have been a, a red red mist and some Romulan disruptor. So I like it that vulnerability that he's playing. Um, you know, like like at the end, of, I hope Patrick Stewart lives another ten, fifteen, twenty years. But mm-hmm. the reality is, he is towards the end of his life, and he's bringing that. that this seems to have. Uh, this project seems to have really uh, unlocked his passion. Um, yeah. And uh, he never really slummed it on Star Trek. Even when stuff wasn't great, he was made it watchable. And when things were really awesome, he made it amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I like to see him bring that energy. I was surprised at how... Because like he really played in the shakiness in Logan, for example, when mm-hmm. he's playing old Professor X. I was surprised at how strong he sounded like like his voice sounds a, a lot like the picard that i've always known i was expecting to be a little bit more old man picard he seemed very vigorous dynamic i mean the, f-
0: the first time i watched it i was like oh this is this is a very old man mm-hmm. um trying to you know b- bring out what made his character so distinctive mm-hmm. before and it didn't quite work for me the first time but i think i settled in and on second and third watches i was very much feeling the picard in this yeah um, and I'm hoping that as he gets stuff that is, you know, more uh more more things to do that are assertive, more things to do that are important in this series, that he'll be able to bring that to it. Uh mm-hmm. in in even greater terms. But like I, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. He he was pretty good. Pretty pretty
1: good. I thought he was pretty nice. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh no, he did he he's great. And honestly, um this show like like that that's the thing is like star trek the next generation was was cover your eyes bad awful for like the first season and a half mm-hmm. uh this show came out of the gate pretty damn good it's not the best television i've seen cuz there's been some no. really i don't know if you guys have 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 been watching the last 10 years or so but there's been some pretty good television on um but is out of the gate probably the most confident and and well put together star trek i've seen in the last 15 years mm-hmm. probably you know because um, even deep space 9 didn't make it out of the gate completely you know they needed no. some kind of shakedown cruise, and it, i think it also helps that you're not trying to introduce 12 people yeah like previous star treks are it's like oh let's go find the first officer now let's see the doctor and oh i wonder which kind of weird alien is going to be in this um you know you had picard and he had to meet like one or two other people and it seems now he's going to assemble a team and they're going to say, You son of a bitch, I'm in. And everything will be engaged and warp here and warp there. But like, yeah. it gets a slower start and that's a good thing. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and even with a slow start, it also had like pretty, pretty big, you know, jaw dropping set piece action things. Uh, anything you're hoping to see this season? Hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing some outer space action. That's what I like uh you know this it, it's cool seeing them doing the human monkey bars routine where people are like swir- like you know, doing the uh hand to hand combat but I would like to see some ship to ship stuff. But yeah, I'd love I love to see an expanse. I like to see Star Trek do that again.
0: I've seen the this season on mm-hmm. preview. And I don't want to say anything about it yeah. because I know some people consider those spoilers or yeah. maybe avoiding them. Yeah, But there are some things that are in that that I'm very much looking forward to. Hmm. Specifically as it regards a
1: character that might show up again there's a few and it's probably not the one you're thinking of (laughs) oh see because i've got like yeah i i there's a there's a few characters in the the season on that i think look exciting to come up with uh yeah i think that like i there's a couple compelling i think start uh ship to ship battles in disco Mm -hmm. but they're like the new trek like we're just everything's on fire and the camera's spinning around and like, shit's we'll shooting everywhere, and there's explosions. Like, I I kind of want some understated...
0: I mean, that's just the modern aesthetic, man. That's that's what I wonder. Like, can can this show stand up to the modern Star Trek aesthetic?
1: Well, the state of the art is The Expanse. The Expanse yeah. is very gripping, well-done space science fiction combat where it's well, not... Well, they're not
0: going to do crash couches and inertia no, and... No. and
1: zero gravity they're not right. going to do any of that but as far as like suspense is not like a hundred ships f- f- firing 30 proton torpedoes all the time and the camera spinning through it's it's right. it's very it's like the you know like the jason Bourne of of ship to ship combat mm-hmm. i i would like to see some of that in picard but i don't know it doesn't maybe it's not going to be that type of show yeah we'll see got a board cube in it there should be some space battles all right i think that's it uh, uh, if you see, if you uh, care to send us feedback we have a special hotline for that it's Picard at BaldMove.com mm-hmm. uh, we'll be considering feedback as it comes into us uh, starting next week if we get any um, and you can also of course follow along everywhere that we are at BaldMove on all the social medias um, with that said that's it for this week we'll be back around for the next episode next week until then I'm Aaron and I'm Jim